Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. I believe the Word of the Lord today is especially for you. And after having done, this is probably my 27th Mother's Day, I believe I got something. And we always have something just for you. But today, it is just for you. And I believe that God told me to tell you that you are enough. You are enough. And you can declare enough in your life and in the lives of your children. Enough can mean two things depending upon how it's said. So I'm telling you today that you are enough. You have met the requirement. The only requirement that was had is that God made you. And since that is complete and you are the creation of his hand, you are enough. And now it is time for you to declare enough. Enough in the lives of your children. No more worry. No more worry. No more sleepless nights. No more calling every five minutes to see if you did what I said. No more fretting, no more being worried because I'm worried about you, your choices, the police, who will pull you over, who gonna pick you up, who y'all with, the friends you with, enough. Enough. You will not hold me in bondage being worried about who you gave me. God gave him to you. It's his obligation to keep them. The man of God said, what is it too hard for God? He said on Wednesday, what is too hard for God? This ain't hard. In jail, ain't hard. Still running the street, ain't hard. In church, but not in church, ain't hard. I need you to serve, but you can't, you ain't nowhere near. Ain't hard. I need you to do something for me, but you can go 10 other places and do it for everybody else. Ain't hard. I'ma find you. Ain't hard. And I got to watch you listen to somebody else. I got to watch you respond to somebody else. Ain't hard. Because God promised you something. God promised you something. And I have never seen. And I ain't never seen. And I ain't that old. I ain't never seen. He ain't lost one yet. And even with the enemy meant for evil. So the title of my message today 
the, the title of my message today is keep pouring from your portion. Although it looks like it's little and look like you only got a little left just for you, keep pouring from your portion. Keep pouring from your portion. Let's pray. Whew. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence again. Thank you for being holy. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for being beautiful. Thank you for being magnificent. We acknowledge your sovereignty in this moment, for you are Jehovah. The honor, we place honor and power on your name. There is absolutely no one like you, for you are the fairest of 10,000. There is no one beside you. There is no one who exists above you. You are majesty and distinct in your deity. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, unravering, and from age to age you have stood. There is no shadow of turning with you. And Hebrews 13 and 8 says, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus, we call upon you today as the creation of your hand and as your sons and daughters. Father, do your bidding today, sir. Do your bidding today, sir. Do your bidding today, sir. You are welcome here. Lift up your head, all ye gates, and be ye lifted, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. The King of glory. You are welcome here. Come in. You are welcome in every situation in our lives. Come in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of the message is Pouring from Your Portion. It's still some left. Keep pouring from your portion. It's still some left. Um, there are two things my mother always said to me. The first one was, I know I'm special because God don't make no junk. She has said that since I could talk, I had to repeat it, I had to say it. Anytime I was sad, upset, or mad, she would say, what do I tell you? I know I'm special because God don't make no junk. That's how I would say it when I was annoyed. And she'd say, say it again. I know I'm special because God don't make no junk. And then she would say, another thing she would say was, open up your mouth. You have something to say. Well, um, that wasn't necessarily by my choice. Um, but she has told me that since I was five years old in a, a reading group, and um, I just didn't like the way the stuff was going. They just wasn't doing what they supposed to do, and I didn't like it. And so she said, open up your mouth. You got something to say. And she said that to me for forever. So I said all that to say is, what has your mother left you? that you have forgotten? What has she poured out to you that you have left sitting on the table because it didn't look like enough? Second Kings 4, 1 through 7. Let's go there. 
This is a very familiar passage of scripture, and I know, you know, most Mother's Days, this is what people tend to bring up, but I was reading it, and I, I saw something else. I found something else. The wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. The interesting thing is, she cried out, but it wasn't for her. The sole intent of the cry was for her children. The whole reason for stopping the prophet was her children. I wonder if it hadn't just been her, would the cry been the same? She was a widow, and so it was clear that the boys weren't old enough to be working because she still had a debt. So they couldn't do anything, but they were gonna take the boys and have, make them have make them do labor. Well, she said, before I let you see labor, hear me, before I let you see labor, before I let you see pain, I'll cry out to God for you. I'll stop a prophet, I'll stop a train, I'll stop a bus, I'll stop a man, I'll stop any woman, and I'll stop any demon in hell before I let. So if I got to cry, now remember that, write that down, cry out. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you, what you have in your house. Tell me what you already have. What did you already have? So when I read it, the Holy Spirit said, well, what do you already have? I don't, what, what you mean? I mean, I got oil in here. We all got oil in here. You know, I'm literal. I'm, I'm really black and white. So I'm like, well, everybody got oil in here. I got some over here. Bishop prayed over. You know, I'm like, I, I got some. He's like, no, no. What do you have in your house that was left to you? What do you have in your house that your mother told you? What do you have sitting on the shelf that it might be a good time to pull it off. Our, our parents went through tremendous things and kept a smile on their face. I, I don't get, I can't get up and smile going to work. What, what were they doing? What did I miss? What have I thought I have gotten so far from because I didn't agree with everything they did and how they raised me? What have I gotten so far from that I should go back and pick up? There's a few things, especially my generation, we need to go back and pick up. We, we don't have the same results. We look good, but no results. And then when we need to get a prayer through, we got to call them. When we need a word or a scripture, we got to call them. Because there are some things we left on the shelf because we didn't like something and how it was said. We didn't, we didn't like it. We, did, we didn't agree with all the parenting. We didn't agree how they wouldn't let us go nowhere. We didn't agree how they wouldn't let us do. So now we let our children do everything to their detriment. We don't have the same kind of children. Now, I have the same kind of children because they in here. 
and you come subject when you come in here. Because this is Harvest Church. And, and when you have, what's, what's happening at church is happening at home, that's happening at school, you got a different product. But we have, I was in the store the other day, and this little person, little person, no more than five, and she is literally telling her mother what she's not going to do. Huh? She's smaller than you. And my mama would say, I don't care if you are bigger than me, I will knock you down. I'm gonna tell on you today. So, I, and I was, I was shocked. Because if you're like this at five, what will you be at 16? And it won't take that long, what will you be at 10? Run by, don't say excuse me, hi, hello. We had old school teachers. When you walk in the room, you the kid, you speak. Don't nobody have to say nothing to you, you talk. You sit over there and don't say nothing until somebody say something to you. And then when they say something, it's yes ma'am, no ma'am, and that's it. She didn't ask for an explanation. They had to ask a follow-up question for you to say, school was good. And we've gotten so far because we despised the oil. We despise the oil. We haven't honored the oil of our parents, of our grandparents. And honoring the oil pays dividends. I'm going to show you. So your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except for a small jar of oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors to empty the jars. So she's a widow. The creditors are calling. Already embarrassed, but now she got to go beg. Now she got to go to everybody who was around and say, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't grow up where, where um, you know, a man was in the house, so I really don't know what to do and what to say, but I know they're doing something at church that I'm going to put my child in so she didn't have to figure this out like I did. I know I grew up, I'm not apologizing for how I grew up, but I know I don't, there are certain tools that I don't have, and I know God always provides a resource for what I don't have. And so there are places and things and people that I can, I can lend myself to that can give me what I need. So, but in, in order to get what my children need, now I got to go beg. She didn't care. She didn't care. If I got to knock on 555 doors to get something that they need, I'm going to get it. I'm going to knock on every door possible. And, and the people, I'm sure, because see, they didn't know what they were, they didn't know who they were entertaining when they opened the door. It doesn't matter how they receive you. They just had to obey what you ask. 
And she didn't have no, re she didn't have no problem with, there was no issue with her trying to make them obey. He had already, God had already established. So there was not a door she was going to knock on that she got to know. He had already established what was getting ready to happen. So all she had to do was get past herself. Long enough to knock on the door. May, may, may I have a, a jar, please? Because all she had, may I have one of those? Because all, all she had, this is all she had. This is all she had. It's all she had. This, is, this was it. And, and this was going to save her children. It never mattered the amount. It never mattered about the amount. God can use anything. Even if it looks like it's empty. So I wonder who I walked past that I thought was empty. I wonder who I missed because I thought they were empty. I wonder whose hand my blessing was in, but I thought they were empty. So she, so she goes to every door, and she gets every jar. And he says, don't ask for just a few. So now I can't go to my homegirl and just get the one she has to make this easier. You know, we try to do that. We try to make it easier. We just call the people we know. I'm just going to call who I know and tell them what's happening with my children and, and tell them to pray. I'm just going to call my immediate circle and see what you got. But he said, don't get just a few. Because he was expanding capacity. He was expanding her reach. If you just stay with the people who are around you, has it got the job done this far? Did, has, has anything shifted thus far? So perhaps you are, not, you are not stretching to the capacity of your reach. Perhaps there is further that you need to reach. So he says, pour the oil into all the jars, and as each are filled, put one to the side. She left him, and she shut the door behind her and her sons. It, it got real personal. When I saw that she shut the door, it got real personal. It got real intimate. She had to put everything and everybody out. She couldn't let them be a part of the process. She couldn't let them see the work because after she said, I have nothing but this little bit of oil, he put her to work. It was work to go find these jars. I said, so you mean I call on you and ask for help and you give me a task? You give me an assignment? But I'm asking you for help. So he gives an assignment. So she says, shut the door. So they shut the door. They brought the jars to her, and she just kept pouring. And she just kept pouring. And she just kept pouring. And she just kept pouring, and when all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped. 
and then the oil stopped. It wasn't till her overflow and capacity was reached that the oil stopped. And so then the man of God said, she went and told the man of God, she went and said, I, I followed your instructions, I did. And so he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. So now she's going back to the same people who gave her a jar and said, it's $5.99. Come on, somebody. She going back to the same people she got these jars from and said, $10.99. Go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your son, sons live on what's left. Live on what's left. Live for the rest of your life. He didn't say go get no more. So all the stuff that she collected, all the money she got back, she can live for the rest of her life. I wonder if you took your children in prayer behind the door. I wonder if I took Peyton in London behind the door in the spirit and closed the door and started pouring some oil. I wonder what I would come out with. I wonder what would be left. I wonder, I wonder how long they could live on the deposit I got. I wonder how long they would sustain. I wonder would my grandchildren benefit from my deposit. I wonder would my grandchildren's grandchildren depend benefit from my deposit. I wonder if I just got behind the door, shut the door, and do what my mama used to do, carry you in prayer. Stop carrying you on my heart, stop carrying you on my emotions, and carry you in prayer. Which I have discovered, honesty moment, honest, the honest one, honesty moment. I don't pray nearly enough. Okay. I'm just going to be honest because when you're honest with it, then you and God can address it. So I, not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And this is, this is, this is, this is what I believe God told me as, as why it's difficult because I'm pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and nothing's coming back in. So at the end of my pour, I'm irritated. And I'm agitated. Then I'm, I'm, sick, of, I'm sick of always having to address your need. I'm tired of you always needing something from me. I'm tired of, because I'm, I'm, I'm running on empty. There's nothing in me that is getting replenished. There's no more jars for me to fill. And so I wonder, is that the reason why it's so difficult for me to tell people about Jesus? Because I have no overflow. I wonder if that's the reason why testimonies are so hard and why I try to keep it hidden. I don't want nobody to know that. I can't tell them that. I give you a blanket, God's been good. How? 
when, where. Let's go to, let me, let me, let me show you why I think going back to pick up the jewels, the jars from our, our mothers and our grandmothers is, is going to shift our lives. Let's look at uh, Acts 16, I believe is what I want. Acts 16, verse 1, yes. Okay, so Paul is the guy. He's that guy. He's the man, right? And Paul loves Timothy, right? He loves him. And and later on down the line, he calls him his beloved son. They weren't related, but he calls him his beloved son. So Paul came to, don't hold me to the pronunciations, okay? Okay. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where the disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. So Timothy was already, he was already a different child because his father was nowhere near God. He was Greek. He wasn't nowhere near God, but his mama was. But his mama was. So he says, the, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, and they all knew that his father was Greek. So Paul, this, this young man had made such a, a wave. They had talked about him so much that Paul said, I want to bring you with me. You got to come with me. But in order... To come with me, I got to circumcise you because your, da- your daddy didn't handle that. Your daddy didn't do that. So because your father didn't do it, let me handle it, and then you come with me. So he says, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they grew in numbers. Second Timothy, verse 1. Put it on the screen for me, if that is possible. Thank you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by will of God, in keeping with the promises of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Here go the good part. Here go the good part. Underline all that. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you. I, 
which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. What is God saying lives in you to your children? What, what portion? What you pouring from? How much have you poured? Oh, you have a responsibility. That is responsibility. That I saw as my, my new assignment. My new assignment to my children. What spiritually am I leaving you with? You got a college fund, you got a bank account, working on some other things so you, you can decide what you want to do. Won't have to work if you don't want to. But what spiritually am I leaving you? And then he had such sincere faith. Over in Acts, he wanted to take him and took him. Sincere faith. Can I have the um, single black and white picture? This is Mama Carolina. That is my great, great, great grandmother. Oh, she looked like she could get at it. <laughs> I got happy. I'm like, I, she looked like she didn't really take nothing from nobody. She, but more importantly, she survived slavery. So that means whatever was in her, whatever was in her, is resting in me. The group picture, please. That is, that is her. While we're waiting on the group picture, I have another picture of, yes. And I don't know if you can see that well, um, but my granny, I don't know nothing, but God won't fail. If he didn't fail them, he can't fail me. She survived slavery. Then she went on to live a good life, from which some of the benefits are, we are reaping today. We got land all, all over Louisiana. Got land all over. You didn't hear me. We got land all over. Because she came out of slavery, not a victim. She came out and said, I'm going to trust the God I leaned on to get me through it. I'm going I'm to trust the God 
who, who, who kept me. Let me have my other stuff. Yeah. So I got all this, all this oil. I got all, I mean, I got, I got tons, tons of, tons of oil, tons of stock, tons of stuff. And, and what do you do when, when you're pouring? And what do you do? You, you, you don't have nothing to do but to pour. The only job was to pour. And so, so Caroline, take this top off. Ooh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. Please take this top off. I, I don't know. Okay, well, you know, we're we going to get it. But walk with me. So all my job is, is to pour the oil, right? Because I came from Carolina, who came from Carrie. Car Carolina. Man, they, they meant for this to stay here. So I came from Carolina, who, who then had Carrie, who then had Willa, who then had, come here, Mama, Marsh. Come here, Mama. Who then had Marsh. So you have to see the level of secession. Stay right here. So, so Carolina had Carrie. Carrie had Willa, the single red picture in the red suit. Had Willa, who had Marsha, who had me. Come here, London. Come here, Peyton. Who had London? Who had Peyton? Stand over there by your sister. So, trust God with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways I should acknowledge him and he will direct my path. Carry, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I am the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against me. And here comes Willa. There is nothing God can't do. There is nothing that God can't do. There is nothing that God can't do. And then Marsha said, I know you're special because God don't make no junk. There is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can hold you. There is nothing that can leave you. And then I, Mignon, are telling them you are the righteousness of God. And all the while, I'm pouring and pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and pouring, only to discover that she always had the oil. And then, and then we got some other oil to give, cause she got some oil too. And then we got other oil to give, cause she got some, she got some oil too. So there's nothing left but to do but overflow. There's nothing left to do but to do the exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever think or imagine. For the same God you were to Carolina is the same God you were to Marsha. Is the same God you gonna be to London and Peyton. And all I have to do is continue to pour and pour. 
won't be a drop of oil left in me. Because portion also speaks of inheritance. And so the oil that was left is my mother's inherited favor. Carolina left her oil to Carrie. And Carrie left her oil to Willa. And Willa left her oil to Marsha. And Marsha left her oil to Mignon. And Mignon gonna leave her oil to Peyton and to London. And, and that's where you get the, the explosive overflow. So, although you may not see it here, although you might not see it with Carolina, I can already see it in London. I can already see it in Peyton. And all I had to do was remember the poor. Thinking not robbery, the, the traditions of my father. Tradition not robbery, the traditions of my great-grandmother. Thinking not robbery, the traditions of my mother. And poor. And poor. If you think Carolina was a problem, you ain't seen nothing with these two. If hell got up, afraid of Carolina, they shaking right now because of these two. As long as what I leave them spiritually surpasses me, I'm okay. Thank you, ladies. I'm okay. Now, now let me help you. This is why I said that all of hell trembles behind my children every, every time they wake up. So this is my testimony, I'm a share. So when I was first uh, pregnant with London, I had a terrible accident, pregnant with her. I was going down the street and it was like somebody was standing in the middle of the road and swiped my car. I went over an embankment, down into some trees. My steering wheel was fully turning, and I was getting ready to hit a tree. I grabbed the steering wheel, and I said, Jesus, and the car stopped. Stopped. I drove my car out of the embankment. I, I drove my car out of the embankment. I drove myself to work. I got to work. I got on the phone. I sat down and my mom said, you need to go to the emergency room. And I said, well, right now, I don't know what this is, but I just need to be still. She said, well, go to the emergency room. Certainly. Well, that was that time. Pregnant with Peyton. 
and they are completely different children, but hell is afraid of my children. That's why I guard them so fiercely. But pregnant with Peyton, um, headed down the road, and somebody slams into the back of me. Wasn't paying attention, on his phone, my stomach hits the steering wheel. I'm in tremendous pain. I'm afraid for the worst. Go to the doctor, and I said, there's nothing wrong. And he said, well, we can't say that yet. I said, there's nothing wrong. We can't say that yet, there's nothing wrong. He came back and he said, well, there's nothing wrong. Because having children, it's amazing. Because what you don't believe for yourself, you will believe for your children. And my pastor had always told me I could have what I say. So I'm walking in here telling you ain't nothing wrong with mine. So then, after I have London, they tell me she has something very serious. And I have never said to this day what it was. And I've only ever other shared with one person. It came out of the doctor's mouth and fell on the floor. Because I wasn't taking that for mine. And I couldn't call everybody and tell them because I couldn't carry everybody on my back. I had to have faith for my baby. And so I didn't have time to carry nobody else and them believing what I believe. And you saying what I'm saying. If you don't know, you can't say. So I didn't tell them. Matter of fact, I don't think I've even told my mama. Because I don't need you wrestling and I'm fighting. I, I don't need you struggling and here I am fighting. I swing when I swing. Hit when I hit. Dunk when I duck. But I'm not about to swing and fight and then carry you along to believe in a God that I trust. So, so they said, this is what she has. And then I call Bishop and Dr. Howe. Of course, who else was you gonna call? So I called them and I didn't tell them. I didn't give them the name. I said, this is what they said is going on with her. And this is what I need to change. He said, let's pray. We ain't had a problem since. And every now and again, that thing tries to rear his head. Every now and again, and then I have to tell it, we not doing that. That's not what we're doing. You're not going back to these doctor's appointments. You're not being strapped up to no machine. We ain't cutting no stomachs. We ain't opening no stomachs. We not doing none of that. So, then the next time, they tell me, well, we think Peyton might have a delay. You a lie. Oh, Pey Peyton might have a, a delay. You're lying. And this is the first time I've ever said this out loud. Because I've never said it. Because she does not. And will not. 
does not. Had her tested for everything. Oh, we can't find anything, Mrs. Oham. I know. Oh, she's exceptional. I know. She's testing some things off the chart. I know. Oh, she's smart. She just doesn't like things, so she doesn't like to do things. I know. But the tag you were going to give her, oh, no, ma'am. Not on my watch, you not. not. Not on my watch, you will not. So we go, we've gone through all of that. And then a year ago, I'm driving. What's the bridge by the casino, the Perseo Bridge? Over there, Heart of America or something? Wherever the kit bond, wherever the, it's all the water. Okay. So I'm driving over the bridge. And this is to help somebody. Matter of fact, I saw five people. And one of the people I saw by name, and I don't ever do that. But I was driving. I've never battled with depression or mental illness or anything. But I'm driving in the car. The girls are in the back seat. They're talking and having a good time. We always have some kind of music on because they like music. So we always have worship or praise music or Christian rap. Something's always on. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I hear, just like somebody is sitting in the seat next to me, pull over and jump. I got so sad. I, it was overwhelming. It is like something cloaked me in the car. Very much so, a demon. Just, just all of a sudden, just, woof. And I was like, what, what is, what is, and it was, and, and, and I could hear it as audible as I'm talking to you now. Pull over and jump. And I said, no. They'll follow me. Because I, I knew, especially one of them, they would follow me. So I said, no. Said, we'll pull over, lock them in and jump. So I said, Jesus. And I said, no, Jesus. And, and it felt like at that point that I'm tugging. It, it feels like some kind of, like, a, like you, you know, you got to swing one more time to really, you got to do it one more time. So I said, Jesus. And I'm screaming in my car. And I know I'm screaming. The girls are oblivious. They didn't hear me. They had heard nothing. And I know I'm screaming. I'm screaming to the top of my lungs, no! Jesus, no! Because I would have robbed them of their oil and altered their lives 
See, the enemy had me as the collateral damage. They were the target. I was the collateral damage. They were the target. Saying that to say, be mindful of the attacks that come your way. That it is not you being the collateral damage. That whom he's really after is your children. I have friends for various reasons, and we've been friends for umpteen years, whose parents left Harvest Church out of offense, they've never recovered. No, no, no. Hear me. They left Harvest Church because they got offended at what Bishop said or Usher said or somebody did or somebody done and their children. My friend have never recovered. They are out trying to find their way. They are all over the place trying to get their grounding back. Trying to get their stability back. Trying to get it, trying to get it back. The principles and the foundation. The oil trying to get it back. It's not worth you staying offended and staying away as a product of this house. As a product of this house. Who my mother was a single mother and had marvelous opportunity to be offended. Whose feelings got hurt like everybody's. Whose stuff happened like everybody's. Who missed uh, some things misunderstood like everybody's. But if she had have removed me, who would I be today? And where would I be? Because that attack ain't for you. That attack is not for you. You being offended at somebody in the hallway is not for you. He knows that there's not enough maturity there for you to come back so he can grab your children. And for, for I will say us, for some of us, if your children not here getting the oil, where are they going to get it from? Where are they going to get it from? If they're not covered in prayer here or at their school, where are they going to get it from? You're going to send them to the schools they got now? Where anything at any moment, and it won't, can happen to your child? And pretty soon, all them kids going to be homeschooled. Because them teachers is quitting. They don't want to deal with your unruly children no more. They don't want to deal with your disrespectful, mean, think you're going to hit on a teacher. Because if I was a teacher and you thought you was going to hit on me, baby, me and you going to tussle a little bit. (laughs) 
pretty soon. Your, all them public school kids gonna be sitting at home in front of a computer. These teachers not coming back. Teachers who lay their life down every day. Teachers who get up, who create stuff, use money out of their own pockets. To make an atmosphere and create a space for your child. And you got the nerve to let them be disrespectful. You have the nerve to allow them to be disrespectful. Allow them to be rude. Allow them to cut up in the classroom and then want to know why they failing. We have no expectation of our children. We hold them to no kind of standard. And then these are the people we are grooming. You are not grooming them to do anything other than bounce a ball if they make it. We want privilege without responsibility. You want to be catered to without giving what you require. We, and it, it's, it's painful because I, I was in youth church. Kids, I, I love kids. I've always done something with kids. Um, and it's painful to watch because these children are juniors and seniors in high school and can't read. They have been passed along and passed along. You didn't have the parent care about them. The system don't care about them. And then we want them to get out and be productive. Leaving them already in a deficiency because we leave them with nothing. And if we do leave them something, they don't know what to do with it. So they can't keep it. They have nobody to look up to in their house. So everybody on their television is who they want to be. So I can't find somebody I can emulate in my own house. So I watch TV and I want to be like LeBron. That's in a one in five billion chance. And we've settled on this because we've, we've left the oil. We settled, and then our community has decided that it's everybody else's problem instead of the whole. We don't find it a problem because it ain't our kids. We don't find it a problem because it ain't our son dating your daughter. It ain't your daughter dating our son, so we don't find it a problem. But we can get together and say, oh, did you see so-and-so? Ooh, I'm 
so glad God, when all that so-and-so needed was a hug from you. All so-and-so needed was for you to say hi. All so-and-so needed was you to say hello. All so-and-so needed was for somebody in their community who looked like them to care. We've left, left the oil. We've, we've left the oil. And, and we want, we want to win on no practice. We want to get on the field in the nicest outfit. We want the newest cleats. We want the newest jersey. And we want to get out there with no practice and get a win. And then be upset because our children don't know how. We're mad at them for not producing. But they don't know how. We haven't carried the oil. We haven't carried the oil. We haven't carried the oil. So my, my, my word to you today, moms, is that you are enough. Everything you need is inside of you. Everything you need is inside of you. And what you don't have, God, will make up the difference. And to declare that enough is enough. If, if nobody else will tell you, I'll tell you, we're in a 911 with our children. We, matter of fact, we're past 911. We're, we're headed to life support. They are suffering and struggling, and partly it's because we are a community who does not deal with pain. So your mama's got an issue, she's hurt, she's upset, she'll cry, and you'll tell her because predominantly in the African-American community, for a woman, a black woman, her fear, her overwhelmed, her anxiety, it comes up as aggression. It comes up as irritability. She's not aggressive. She's not aggressive. She's never been given the privilege of having pain. Pain, to have pain and to be able to work through it is a privilege. And because your mother didn't have time, she would tell you, stop all that crying. Stop all that crying. We ain't got time for that. And, and I see you, you agree, but stop all that crying. But where did that get you? Because where does the pain go? How do you release it? Where, where, where do your tears get to go where they're honored? where we're not afraid of them, where we allow you to have your moment 
And we don't see you as weak. And we don't get together and say, girl, you see there, she over there crying about her child again. Let her. Let her. She had them. She's loved them. She's prayed over them. Let her. Quit making our little girls be grown women by telling them to stop crying. Cry while you're moving. Now, you can't, you can't cry out here all day. You got to cry and do something. You got to cry and change something. But you, you, you get the privilege of crying. You get the privilege of being hurt. I'm asking you moms to take your capes off today. You don't have to wear the cape. And I'm not sure where the cape came from, but because it, it can't be God. Because he, he said he's your all-sufficiency. He said he's everything you need. As a matter of fact, he told Moses, I am. So let's take the capes off today. Because I do realize this, the oil flows from the top down. And so, if you want your children to get wet today, the oil has to start flowing from you. If you want your children to get a breakthrough today, the oil has to flow from you. If you want your children to live differently, then the oil has to flow from you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.